This gospel message is brought to you by the Redeemed Christian Church of God, Fountain of Love, Aberdeen, UK. Open your heart to receive this life-changing Word of God. Hallelujah. Good morning. Wonderful to be here. Please high-five three people and say you're going to be blessed this morning. Already blessed, going to be more blessed. <laughs> Wonderful. We left uh, Aberdeen 23 years ago. Aberdeen. <laughs> I lived here for nearly 20 years. I come from Malaysia originally. Came here to study. Met this wonderful girl. We were both non-Christians, so we met in a disco. (laughs) But the grace of God, you know, is so good. Uh, um, Really, it was the grace of God because, you know, Abedonians have a very strong accent. You know that, right? You've been here a few years. And so I came out from Malaysia, and in those days, I never used to speak... um, slowly. I used to speak very fast. Where are you going? You know, you have to go over there. And you, know, you, know, you know, that kind of a thing. So I spoke really rapidly and didn't pronounce my words too good. And I met Elaine in a disco with a strong Scottish accent. You know, I was filled with the spirit. Johnny Walker. <laughs> And, and so I was drunk, the music was loud, I couldn't speak the, a Scottish language, Elaine was filled with uh, Scotland. <laughs> and by the grace of God, we met and we stayed together. We've, been, uh, uh, we've, been, we've known each other for 40 years daily, been married for 37. <laughs> Woohoo! So I took the best part out of Scotland and brought to Australia. (laughs) So one day, you know, I was praying and fasting over here. I was a youth pastor, uh, assistant pastor in one of the churches over here. And then I was in the beach one day, you know, walking, praying and fasting at the beach. And God spoke to me. It's good when God speaks, eh? Hello? Amen. And so God spoke to me. He said, deep revelation. He said, you look like an Indian. Huh? <laughs> I should have said red Indian, white Indian. <laughs> you know, he said, you look like an Indian, you sound like an Indian, but you think like a Westerner. I can use you all over Asia, but your dwelling place must be Australia. As clear as that. And prior to that, he had spoken to me, and he said 50% outside Australia, 50% within Australia. So we went to Australia. Um, um, did my Bible college there, did my degree there, and the day before I graduated, me and Elaine and me became uh, senior pastors of a church. We were seven years senior pastors, and then God spoke to me. He says, now is the time I've been speaking about, go to the nations. So I went back to my denomination. I said, God spoke to me, I have to give the church back to you. Will you support me? <laughs> no. <laughs> Same as the church in Aberdeen. They gave me a golden handshake. 
I got a handshake waiting for the goal. <laughs> and so uh, uh, for 13 years then, I've been traveling 50% outside Australia, uh, go all over the world. And the, uh, the anointing that God has upon me is healing and miracles. You see, the body of Christ, let alone the world, the body of Christ is still in the stage of receiving healing. They don't have your revelation. We are already blessed. We are already healed because of Calvary. Amen? Amen? Uh, but they, they, they're coming to that revelation. So at the moment, we have, uh, uh, we have go out and just demonstrate the healings and uh, the, uh, the, the glory of God. So that's what I do. Let me tell you about a quick story. I just came back. I had 18 days in Mauritius, which is on the way to South Africa, uh, just two hours short of South Africa, the island of Mauritius. Did uh, 18 days over there, and uh, it was phenomenal. Phenomenal because the dogs sleep all day and bark all night. <laughs> Seriously, man. I mean, they got three dogs on this side. They talk to each other all night. I couldn't sleep. Two dogs in front there, one dog at the side there. But every day, the ministry has to go on. It's not about my comfort, it's about showing off his glory. Amen? And so amazing miracles happened. There was one place, about 400 people in a village area, and I seen this lady coming in. She had a collar on, and so she came in and she sat every, uh, at one corner there, and everybody else was, you know, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. I thought because I seen you dancing earlier on. Come on, baby. You know, uh, I seen you. I seen you. Uh, I was trying to copy you, but then I thought I better be cool. <laughs> and so, uh, uh, anyway, everybody after the preaching and all that, people came for prayer, and she came right on this side to me, and she says, uh, she she told me um, th through the interpreter uh, that she's a pastor's mom. And so she came to me for prayer. She's got three fractured vertebrae. And that's why she's got this collar on, this neck collar, uh, neck brace kind of thing. So I prayed for her. Uh, I says, now take off your collar. Her eyes popped out. I says, uh, trust me, I, I do this thousands and thousands of times. Uh, uh, take your collar off. So... Uh, she was too scared. Her eyes was just big. And I said, trust me, but she didn't. So I pray, said, let me pray for you one more time. I broke the spirit of fear. Then I told her, take the collar off. She still didn't. I said, it's okay, I have to pray for other people. And so, you know, there's so many people waiting there. Uh, and so I told the interpreter, I said, you just minister to her for a while. Just encourage her. And uh, I started praying for other people. There was this lady on the right side of her breast three weeks ago. She had an operation, and the scar tissue and everything was still there, and she's very painful. She cannot, cannot lift her hand because of that issue. Prayed for her. She got instantly healed. Prayed for about four or five asthma people. They got healed. And then uh, just amazing. God was just releasing his healing kind of thing. At the end then, I seen this lady completely healed. She came forward, this pastor's mom came forward for a testimony when other people were giving their testimony, absolutely, completely, 100% healed. Hallelujah. <laughs> Dancing away. You, you know, uh, God is so good. God, God's doing some amazing things all over the world. So I was 18 days there, went, went, uh, came back home for two days. Two days. I said hi and bye to my wife. <laughs> 
and, uh, and then I went off to New Zealand because it was Pentecost in May, and I had promised them. So I had uh, eight days uh, in New Zealand, and then I came home for 10, and now we are here. Hallelujah. So thank you, Pastor, for having me, and uh, so exciting uh, to be here. And uh, I, I really got my heart to preach on this word that God's put upon my heart. So I want to share that with you. It comes from Acts chapter 3. Acts chapter 3. Hallelujah. Wonderful Jesus. I think it was five years ago since we've been to Aberdeen. And uh, the time I ministered here, Pastor, it must have been about 10 years ago. It's been a long time. Something like that. Something like that. I was reading this section about a few months back. Acts chapter 3. One day, Peter and John went up together to the temple... At the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. One day, I'll read it from my Bible. One day, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. You know, I like to read the, uh, the books of Acts because it's the power of God. It's a continuous, uh, uh, continuous acts of power that Jesus demonstrated. And now his disciples are taken over and doing the same thing. So I like to read that. And uh, so I was reading this one day, and God says, uh, what's happening? I says, Lord, it's very simple. <laughs> I thought maybe the Lord didn't understand, and he's asking me. <laughs> I say, very simple, Lord. One day at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, John and Peter were going up to the temple to pray. He said, what's happening? Anyway, this, this carried on for a time, okay? Uh, I'm serious. Uh, and so I said, I thought I tried to outsmart God, but it didn't work. So I said, God, I give up. And God showed me a video. God showed me a video in my mind. And I want to explain to you that video, if you don't mind. Sibu play. <laughs> Just a word I learned yesterday. <laughs> Uh, about 50 days, maybe 50, 50 something days prior to this, Jesus died on the cross. You know that, right? Oh, shoo. <laughs> and for three days, for three days, he went down to the lowest place. You see, when the and apostles were with Jesus, they were very happy because they got, uh, they got confident that he is really the Messiah, son of the living God, who came to set his people free. So they were really happy. He demonstrated his power and his glory and amazing things and more and more trust. You know, uh, they put more and more trust from the first miracle from the water turned to wine, from that first time at, uh, at Cana, uh, right to the end. And then suddenly, when he was put on the cross, and he was hung on the cross, and he died on the cross, suddenly they, ah! 
We thought this was the Messiah, the one who would come forever and forever, sit on the throne, give Israel back to the people of God. And so they were so depressed. For three days, Jesus went down to the grave, to hell. That's amazing. Three days later, Three days later, Jesus went up to the devil, to Satan. He was so proud. Satan was so proud because Satan thought, I've got you now. And I've got the keys of Hades, the keys of death. And Jesus just went up to him and snatched those keys. Hallelujah. Snatched the keys of hell, of Hades, of death, and he rose up because Jesus was without sin. And no sin, no death. <laughs> so good. For the next 37 days, Jesus showed himself to all his disciples and many, many people. That's amazing. 37 days with the people of God. How many people do you reckon seen Jesus in that 37 days, roughly speaking? Five? Ten? Twelve? How many do you think? Can somebody say? Shout. 500, you're absolutely right. It comes from 1 Corinthians chapter 15. About 500. In my approximation, 500, then about 12 apostles, and maybe about 7 or 8 others. Let's, let's just say, let, let's just pretend it's 520. Okay? Is that okay? I look, uh, 520 people seen with Jesus, ate with him, and, and, and fellowship with him, talked with him, and, and dined with him kind of thing. Then Jesus went up on a cloud and he spoke to his disciples, do not leave Jerusalem until the power of the Most High will come upon you. You will be baptized with the Holy Spirit and with fire. And Jesus went up on a cloud because for 37 days, the disciples were so happy. Come on, baby Jesus, yay! I mean, Jesus, babe, oh, okay, you know what I mean. And 37 days, they were enjoying fellowship with him and now he goes up in the cloud and the disciples again, so sad because now once again Jesus is gone Jesus said wait in Jerusalem you know this story right from Acts chapter 1 and then two angels came and said why do you look so sad the same way that he went up he will come down again he'll come back again so for 10 days they waited in the upper room praying you follow me so far can you say amen okay okay for 10 days they're praying Ten days later, the power of Pentecost came. The power of the anointing came. Pentecost came. On the 50th day, baptized with fire, baptized with the power of God. How many people in the upper room? Excuse me, how many people in the upper room? At the back over there, how many people in the upper room? 120. Did you say 120? Something's wrong. Something's wrong. 
520 people encountered Jesus. 10 days later, 120, excuse me, 520 to 120. If we run business like that, we'll be bankrupt in no time. Isn't that true? If we run church like that, churches will shut down in no time. Something wrong somewhere. Hello? Something's wrong somewhere from 520 in such a short time gone down to 120. For whatever reason. And that's happening all over the world. People are too busy. People got other concerns, other priorities. Concerned with this and that. And then next thing, I travel the world. I know. I, I see that happening all the time. Oh yeah, we have pockets. We have pockets of growth places. Most of the churches in Aberdeen, uh, sorry, not Aberdeen, forgive me, uh, in, in Australia, 85% of churches have 50 people. Oh, I know what you're thinking. Hillsong, Hillsong, 25,000. Planet Shakers, Planet Shakers, 18,000 or something like that. But on average, 85% have 50 people or less. I thought we were the redeemed. I thought we knew the answer. I know you know, and I know, but we got to teach and encourage and demonstrate the power of God to the people outside there because they don't know. You know I know, but they don't know. Follow me so far. Okay, okay, let's go, let's go. So now we come. A few days later, maybe a few weeks, maybe even a few months, now we come to this section. One day, Peter and John were going up to the temple at 3 o'clock in the afternoon to pray. That's amazing. It's amazing because the Jews pray five times a day. 6 o'clock in the morning, 9 o'clock in the morning, 12 o'clock midday, 3 o'clock in the afternoon, and 6 p.m. again, five times a day. That's why most of them stay within half a mile of the synagogue so that they come and pray for between five and seven minutes and then go back and do their work. See, when Peter stood up to preach in Acts chapter 2, how many thousand got saved? 3,000. 3,000 got saved. So there's a lot of uh, discipleship that's needed. Amen. You follow me? Uh, 3,000 people got saved. So a lot of discipleship uh, is needed. And yet Peter and John were faithful in prayer. Being faithful. Being people of faithfulness. They're busy people. They've got a lot of do, things to do. A lot of people to take care of. A lot of discipleship classes, new Christian classes, beginners classes, uh, uh, alpha courses. To do, and yet they were faithful. I found that amazing. Verse 2. Now a man crippled from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful. Let me demonstrate it. Every day, every day, a man would be carried.
put him down, and this person would go back. Every evening after the evening sacrifice, the friend, the brother, the uncle, whoever it was, would come, pick up the crippled man, and take him home again. I never seen that before because God says, what's happening? And I says, he says, somebody was faithful. Listen to me, please. Somebody was faithful to do that act of grace every day, every day. However busy he was, however other things to do, family to take off, going fishing, going to get his career, going to study or whatever. He was faithful every day with his energy, with his time to come. And every day, it's okay to do it one day. It's okay to even do it two days. But every day of every day of every day of every day, that's amazing. I've never seen that before. I've read this Bible for so long. Never seen that before. The faithfulness of one person. Of one person to do this act of grace to help somebody else. You and I, we know Jesus. The world doesn't know. The world needs somebody to bring. Let me give you a couple of things about faithful people very quickly. Let me give you seven points about faithful people. Faithful people have a high energy level, a high passion level, a high zeal level, a high enthusiasm level. Thank you for saying amen. Hallelujah. Number two, faithful people are Christ-like in their passion, and their passion excites other people. Hallelujah. Their passion excites other people because we carry a realm of influence where we can influence the person next to us. Can you imagine if you say like this? Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, let the world see. Oh yeah, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. That's a great difference, amen? Amen, 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 amen. So don't get too Abedonian, you people. I know, I see, I turn around and some of you. But last year you used to be, yeah, daddy, come on, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, come on now. Don't lose your passion. We sent the sun here two, two weeks ahead so that by the time we come, we'll be acclimatized. That's why you had two weeks of glorious sunshine. <laughs> Say Hallelujah. <laughs> Point number three, the joy is evident, the rejoicing is evident, the cheering on of others is evident in people of passion. You see that they're always serving other people. Whoa, that's good. Point number four, their hearts are always prepared to do what's necessary to advance the kingdom. Their hearts are always prepared to do what's necessary to advance the kingdom. Number five, they don't take the glory. They serve secretly. I mean, in this wonderful church, there's so many people behind the scenes serving. I know you just come in here. You come in. I hope I look beautiful today. Your lipstick, your makeup. 
You take the, you take the mobile, you know. Ah, I know, I know, I know. But, but, but you see, there are other people serving behind the scenes, sweating, man. You know, making the coffees, preparing, cleaning the toilets and all that. They're serving secretly. Passionate people will serve secretly. Number six, they're always generous on every occasion. Not just money. Oh, you thought I was talking about money. No, I'm not. They're always generous in every occasion. Whatever the need is, they're always there. A smile. A friendly gesture. A good handshake. A hug. Sensitive to the moment. Say amen. Look at the neighbor and say, become sensitive to the moment. Come on now. Okay, point number seven. They're always available for God. And therefore, opportunities look for them. They don't have to look for opportunities. Opportunities look for them. Wow, you see this man? He was being faithful. Somebody, somebody was faithful. Faithfully ministering in time, in energy, in effort. Israel is a hot country. It's not easy to lift a person every day. Every day, on time, every time, every day, and bring him to the point, put him there, and then go away. Hallelujah. See, this gate is called beautiful. (laughs) But on this side, it's not just one man who is crippled. On this side, the blind, the needy, the untouchables, Maybe even the lepers would come in, the, the sick, all those who needing God's help, they would come in, and they have permission to ask for charity because they've got nobody to depend on. If they got people to depend on, the people would provide for them. But these ones are the unfortunates, the untouchables of the society, and so they would beg. So that you had the blind, the lame, the deaf, all those people. And so it's at this gate called beautiful. See, on this side of the gate, it's not beautiful. On this side of the gate, it's pitiful. Hello? On this side, it's dreadful. On this side of the gate, it's needful people there. People always in need, always in want, medication and emotions and everything else. On this side, it's so hard. People who are broken. Oh, listen, friends. On this side of the gate, on this side of the gate, it's hard. On this side of the gate, which this man and the others have never been there before, on this side of the gate, Oh, the splendor of the Lord. So beautiful. Your glory. Wow. Wow. This temple is so nice. Giving the picture of God. The goodness of God. The awesomeness. Oh, the glory of the Lord. Wow. But on this side, yuck, yuck. On this side, dreadful, painful. Can't even watch them because they are in so much in need, so much in pain. Funny this place, it's like a paradox. It's like the opposite. 
this side beautiful, this side pitiful, this side wonderful, this side. It's funny. You and I will come to this gate called beautiful all the time. Oh, it's nice to be in church on Sunday. Monday we go back to the place of work where they try to intimidate us. Try, I said try, I said try. They do that four-letter word. We do the same four-letter word, but we call it, they, they use another four-letter word. For my four-letter word, it's food. Food, food. <laughs> you know, you know, but they, they're doing their own thing. They're trying to set the culture. In that workplace, in that school, in that university, in that hospital, they're trying to set their own culture, the culture of man. We try to set our culture, isn't it? The culture of the kingdom of God. Amen. We're trying to bring our culture in. They're trying to intimidate us with their culture. And so there's a clash of cultures happening all the time. People who are jealous of us. We drive a new car, they are jealous. We have a new gold chain, they are jealous. We have uh, something, they are jealous. There's always that place of jealousy, envy. We get promoted, they are jealous. Okay, maybe that doesn't happen to you. <laughs> and so we've come to that place, that place of contradiction. Contradiction, You know, um, Yeah, a black dog fights a white dog. Who wins? Black dog, white dog fighting each other. Very simple, the stronger one wins. Very simple, the stronger one wins. And so basically what I'm trying to say is your culture clashing with their culture, who wins? The one who's stronger. It's what you release because they're releasing all the time. They're releasing the natural. We've got to do release the supernatural. Amen? Amen. And so, uh, and so now we see Peter and John, very quickly, Peter and John's coming. They, they're going to a temple again, being faithful. Being faithful. Being faithful. Busy people, but being faithful. And they're just going up to the temple kind of thing. Uh, and this man stretches out his hand. Oi! 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 Money, money, money! Give me money! And Peter and John, you know, they're trying to be spiritual, man. They're trying to be cool. They're just going up to the temple kind of thing. And this man distracts them, delays them. Give me money! And so Peter and John looks at them. Peter and John just looks at them. Hey, hey! Peter, this is what he says in my Bible. Hey! Peter says, hey, 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 hey! Look at me. Look at me. I tell you why, I tell you why, in this video, because this man is asking for Peter, uh, money from Peter and John, and he's, uh, Peter and John taking their time, taking their time, and everybody's passing by. The opportunities to get money is being wasted because of the del delays of Peter and John, you follow me? And so, he's being distracted, and Peter says, hey, hey, look here, look here. In healing, you've got, to draw their attention, focus it on Jesus. Not on this or not on that or not on the oil. 
there's no power in the oil. The oil is a symbol of the Holy Spirit. The power is in the Holy Spirit. Some people I know, they let you drink the oil. Only thing it gives you is diarrhea. <laughs> Some people slap you with the oil. Some people drown you with the oil. You have to swim upwards. It doesn't work. The what works is the symbol of the oil, which is the power of God, the Holy Spirit himself. And so Peter and John says, hey, look at me. When the man gave him his attention, watch these six words, expecting to receive something from them. <laughs> expecting to receive something from them. See, a lot of people that I know when I pray for them, they're not expecting anything. If it happens, it happens in Singapore when I'm praying for them uh, on Sunday. If nothing works, it's okay. No problem. I've got a specialist appointment on Monday. And if that doesn't work, I'm going to ask all my friends on Facebook on Tuesday. And if that doesn't work, I'll go to the witch doctor on Wednesday. they got alternatives. I'm telling you the truth. Expecting to receive something from them. So, first, Peter said, focus here. Focus on the cross. Number two, expecting. Build up your expectancy. Give one or two testimonies, like we had glorious testimonies this morning. Two testimonies. Give them one or two, and don't take half an hour each. You know, I woke up in the morning at 7 o'clock. I brushed my teeth at 7.05. <laughs> you know, don't. You know what I mean? Tell them straight to the point. Give them the testimonies of God very quickly. Now, by the way, I've got my book over here. I wrote this book. It's called From Rogue to Revivalist. And basically, it tells out my story. How me and Elaine, we lost our twins in Aberdeen 30 years ago. Identical twins who died. Me, I was a non-Christian. Elaine had just become a Christian. To cut a long story short, through that process, I became a Christian. Hallelujah. And one and a half years later, Jesus physically appeared to me. Physically. Between me and this pulpit. And the twins who had died one day old and two days old were now standing with him. That grown up. In 18 months, they grown up that much in heaven. And Jesus spoke to me, and, uh, and, and uh, basically, it's my conversion process, and then about 20 or 30 healings at what God's doing right now. It will tremendously bless you, and it enables me to go from one nation to the other. Amen? So, Pastor, this is for you, sir. God bless you. Hallelujah. God bless you. Amen. Okay, five minutes. Finish in five minutes. Now, let, let, let's take it to, uh, to this point. Silver or gold, I have none. But what I have, I give you. What does he have? The power of Pentecost. You see, for three years, even with Jesus, he didn't preach much, much, or there was no much effect. But after Pentecost, when the power of the Holy Spirit came, he preached, and 3,000 got saved. A couple of days later, 
5,000 got saved. So he knew that when he preached these times, something special would happen. Whether it's a crowd of one or a crowd of thousands, he knew that when he preached, something was different. Silver or gold, I have none. But what I have got, the power of Pentecost, I give you in the name of Jesus. The Bible says Jesus has the highest name above all things. Salvation is found in no one else. There is no name under heaven given to man by which we can be saved and healed and delivered. Acts chapter 4 verse 12 says. So now he knows he's got the power of Pentecost. Silver or gold I have none, but what I have got, I give you in the name of Jesus. Rise up and walk. You thought and I thought that was enough. That wasn't enough. I know Jesus has the highest name. Now he reaches out his hand. Watch this. Reaches out his hand, right hand, right hand of God, authority of God, right hand, and then he pulls him up. You see, what do you mean by that, cool? It means that there is a participation on that guy's part. You and I, we carry the anointing. But we need the participation. If he puts his legs and relax and say, okay, make it happen for me. It's not going to happen. And I've got people like that. Uh, I was saying a couple of stories yesterday, and uh, uh, this lady in a wheelchair, she said, nothing will happen when you pray for me. Guess what? Nothing happened. Other people, I say, when I pray for you, something good is going to happen. God is going to listen to this prayer, and God's going to heal. And I pull them up, and they were healed. Very quickly, very quickly, my time's up. Two minutes, 31 seconds. Hurry up, hallelujah. I was in Heathrow, coming from Norway, come back to Heathrow. And then I have to go back to Australia. And I was in Heathrow, and this lady... Uh, when I go to the British Airways lounge to have a shower, not, not in the shower, okay? Not, uh, not in the lounge, but inside the shower place. This lady wrote my name down, and she was holding the pen like that. That's an unusual sign. She's writing my name. I said, excuse me, what's wrong with your hand? She says, one year ago, she fell down and, and broke her wrist, and... Uh, uh, had therapy and all that, and she couldn't write my name holding the pen the normal way. So the least painful position was like this. I said, oh, yeah. I said, I'm a pastor from Australia. When I pray, God, God does amazing things. Jesus does amazing things. And uh, so her name is Rita. Qantas uh, British Airways Lounge, Terminal 4, I think it was, 5, whatever it is. And so I prayed for her, and I tested it, 50% heal. Prayed for her again, 80% heal. I said, the other, the other 20% will come, no problem. So I go to sleep in the lounge, because I got eight hours, eight hours in the lounge. You know, it's not comfortable to sleep in the lounge. You know, it's not allowed to, by the way, but I go right to the end there, sleep in the lounge there, and then a few hours later, I get up, I go to the loo, I wave at Rita, and she waves back, she's here. And then she starts sending all the British Airways personnel to me, and I hear her say, this man is very powerful. Whatever he prays, his God answers him. And person after person after person after person comes. 
And I pray for them, give them a scripture, give them a word of knowledge. And I said to Rita, I said, uh, help them get from Google. Because they don't have a Bible, you see. Help them get from a Google. She said, Pastor, one of these days you're going to have a, 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 a church in, uh, in British Airways Lounge. I said, yeah, and you're going to be my pastor. <laughs> We've got to demonstrate the power of God outside the four walls of the church. Hallelujah. Okay, okay. So we've got to ask and ask daringly, ask extravagantly. Why ask small when we can ask big? Amen? Why ask small when we can ask big? So in your prayers, ask big. Ask for your promotion. Ask for your promotion. Ask for the blessing of God to be blessed. Blessing upon blessing upon blessing upon blessing. Amen? Hallelujah. Because your asking will trigger something. When this man asked, oh, 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 it triggered something in Peter. It triggered something. And Peter, when he got triggered, he released the anointing by the prayer. So when you ask for something, or when somebody asks for something, you are triggered you will release the word. The word will release the anointing. The anointing will destroy the yoke and you are blessed. Oh, that was too quick. You have to catch it again. When somebody asks for something, it's triggered, triggers you. The trigger will release the prayer. The prayer will release the word, the rima word. The word will release the anointing. The anointing will destroy the yoke. And the yoke, once destroyed, brings the blessing of the Lord. Hallelujah. Because the Bible says, faith comes by. And hearing by the word of God, it actually says faith comes by rima. The Rima word of God. So when we release the Rima, the anointing release, anointing destroys the yoke. When the yoke is destroyed, glory, hallelujah, amen. Expecting to receive something from them. And what he expected, he got beyond expectation. Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20 says, exceedingly, abundantly, more than you can imagine. Anybody want that? Three people. Anybody want that? I release that in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Wonderful. So there's action required. We can see the need all the time. All around us, there's action required. Because God will always do something powerful. Amen? Always something powerful, something positive. And, and what happens is, then when there's a testimony... He gets all the praise. He gets all the praise. And the last verse over here, verse 10 says, people were, oh, people were awestruck at the signs and wonders of God. Here's how the Bible says it. They recognized him, verse 10, as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful. You see, once he went in across the... Whoa, so beautiful. Because he was walking and leaping and praising the Lord. Walking and leaping and praising the Lord. Anybody in my, you know what I mean? Because he was, whoo, first time he had come across. Now he's able to show off the splendor, the testimony of the God. Uh, of God. And they were all 
filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him because he was able to testify of the goodness of God. Can I pray for you? Hallelujah. Can you just stand up for a moment, please? Whatever your needs are, physical, emotional, psychological, whatever your needs are for you, for your family, for your dependents, for your loved ones, whatever it is, your dreams that you dare not share, aspirations and things that God has spoken to you, prophecies that's not come true yet, whatever you need, put your hand on your heart, please. Put your hand on your heart. Put your hand on the heart. God of all grace, you are really the fountain of love. You really are the fountain of our great joy. You really are the fountain of, our, of, of grace. Today we come to you knowing that you are victorious. Knowing that, Lord, you are the winner. That we are on the winning team. That your power, your anointing, your grace is all we need. Lord, I thank you for each person here. Every person with a need right now. Every single person. Release, Lord. Dispatch your grace. Dispatch grace upon grace upon grace upon grace. Dispatch, Lord, from the fountain of Calvary, the anointing that destroys the yoke right now. And when that yoke is destroyed in the name of Jesus, your blessing, your fruit, the great result will come. And we'll show off your name, the awesome name of God, Jesus who saves, heals and delivers. We'll boast about your name because, Lord, we declare today that without you, we are totally bankrupt. But with you, we have all good things because every good and, and every good gift comes from, every good and perfect gift comes from the Father. We receive right now by faith and I thank you for blessing each one, blessing each one. Diseases falling off people, needs falling off people, desperate ones falling off people, that you are meeting them psychologically, mentally, emotionally, family, provisionally. Uh, Lord, touch each one, I pray. And for this, we give you glory because we say Jesus wins. In Jesus' name, everybody give the Lord a clap. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Come on, keep clapping. For more information on what you've heard, please visit our website at www.fountainoflove.org.uk. You'll also find other media presentations available to you. Stay blessed in Christ Jesus. Amen.